there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll help you find a place to take that load off. The Chili Crew is just about to start. If you've been here before, well, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on how things work around here. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And just let me say, you came at a great time, too. We are taking a weekly walk through the Bible, one story at a time, from Genesis to Revelation. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the dough. I got to go. Those youngsters better get the lead out. This crowd's ready to go. I'll be right over there. Didn't realize the restaurant would be this busy today. I'm coming, I'm coming. Welcome to the kitchen. Order up. Okay, today we're going to be talking in the book of Genesis once again. Uh, this is going to be chapter 37. Uh, today we have a couple of guests with us. We have uh, Tom, Joe, Craig, Josh here as well. Uh, we have myself, Justin. We also have Mike as well. So it's, it's a full crew today, guys. So this is uh, Genesis chapter 37. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is his story of Jay. I like this. I like this intro. I'm sorry. It's like, this is his story. Uh, Joseph, being 17, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha, uh, his father's. I'm sorry, his father's wives. Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream. Wait a minute. I thought, I thought um, Joseph's father was Jacob. It is. Yeah, his yeah. name changed to Israel. Right. I, I don't want to make that, that note to people because when you read through it, they don't really say, well, this used to be Jacob. Now this is Israel. Right. Right. Point. Good point. Um, now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he hated, I'm sorry, so he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Uh, those of you who don't know, a sheaf is basically when they used to go out and cut wheat, like harvest wheat. They basically get a get a big bundle like of wheat, like about an armload or armful, and then they would tie it together, and then they would just stand it upright to dry out. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. They got their kid brother telling them, you guys are going to bow to me. I'm, I'm going to reign over you. And I don't think it's as simple as them saying, are you really believing this? I see complete sibling rivalry 
you know, it's not, <laughs> there, there was no like uh, a comfortable conversation. There was like, you're the baby of the family. You just need to know your place. He's having dreams. Yeah, you have time to dream because we're out in the fields working while you're staying at home with dad. <laughs> and, you know, it, it I never really dawned on me, but that's just kind of like how James was with Jesus. You come along and tell me, you know, you're my brother, but now you're saying you're the Messiah. How am I supposed to receive this? You, you expect me to just overnight believe this? One thing I got out of this just real quick is... Uh, I have a note in my Bible on this one, and it says, don't treat one child better than the other. And this is something that we've had to deal with in our home to try to evaluate, okay, am I treating this child better than the other? What, how are we doing that? And, and it creates, we, we've seen it, it creates a, a dissension amongst the kids. I had an aha moment here because I have always thought that, Jacob loved Joseph because he was Rachel's son. But it says here that it was, he just loved him because he was the baby of the family. Yeah, because he was. And I always thought it was like a favoritism thing that came from <laughs> Rachel, but just because he was the baby of the family. It's like me and my daughter. She's the only daughter, and she's like the last one out of seven kids, and everybody else is boys. And then I have my daughter, and it's like it's very hard for me to not treat her like the princess and everything else and the boys. Ah, who cares about boys? I got my daughter now. And it, yeah, it's, it's hard to, I know exactly what you mean because it's like, she's this many years younger than you. It's not the same, but like you're saying, you had to treat him the same. <laughs> I, I don't know. My, my firstborn, she's uh, seven. She's going to be eight. And I think I treasure her a little more than my boy who, when I wake up and I open my eyes and he's standing there uh, with his finger in my face saying booger because he had a booger. And <laughs> so we have in verse nine, we start with another dream that he has. So then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers. And don't you think he would have learned from his lesson here? <laughs> uh, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon and the. 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him. So his own father apparently rebuked him on this one and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come bow down uh, to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept them in his mind. What do you think that meant? Like, what, do you, what What does that mean? You know, who's to say that his author has what it means in his, you know what I mean? He has, he's having this dream. Just imagine if I just had this dream and told all of you that you're going to start reporting to me. You know, it's like, who's to say that, that that dream that he's having or these dreams have that authority? It's just crazy to imagine. I can understand why people would get upset. Right. <laughs> Especially in I almost wonder if there was something very unique about it that triggered him to want to tell everybody. I know, Joe, you kind you kind of talked about that before about the, your vividness of your dreams in our live cast earlier. That, I mean, does that make some of your dreams like the vividness? Does that make it super unique? I guess in your mind, like stand out more. Yeah, 100%. You know, the joke is that you can barely remember your dreams, but when you can play it out beat for beat, when you get up and it's that vivid and it's that real, 
there's something to that that just kind of carries on. You know what I mean? I would almost say that there's that there's extra weight on it because you don't always remember your dreams, but the ones that so prominently stick out, they kind of stay with you as the day goes on and as time goes on. Right. Verse 11, uh, in my in my version, the King James here said that uh, brothers end him, but his father observed the saying. Do you think when he rebuked them that it was more of a test? Like, is this really what's going on? And because Jacob himself has had a dream before, he knew that he was just going to take note. Like, okay, it's not the first time that this has happened. I've actually experienced this in my life. So we'll see where this goes. He observed, you know, he observed the saying. He didn't dismiss it. He didn't say that you're wrong. He uh, he put him to the test. I could see him holding him to task and saying, is this really what you think? And then when he stood behind it, he just made note of it. He's like, all right, well, then we'll see. Yeah, I think you're I think you're definitely really onto something there, because as you go through Genesis and you see that, OK, so the so this generation lived through this, did this, experienced this. And now it's the kids that are living through this, experiencing this and this is happening to it, it speaks to um, almost an unwritten wisdom of, OK, so I've I've been here, I've done this, I've seen this. Let's go ahead and see if this if this measures up because I have the 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 first hand account to be able to put it up against. So okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and just continue on here. We're in uh, chapter thirty seven, verse twelve. Then his brothers went to feed their flocks in Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, "Are not your brothers feeding the flocks in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them." So he said to them, here I am. Then he said to him, please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. Okay, so I just want to stop right here. Shechem is actually a really far distance. I checked this out. It was actually like three or four day walk or something like that. It was a ways because... They couldn't keep all of their flocks in the same place because they had so many flocks. They couldn't just leave them all and want you to completely decimate the land. So from time to time, they're, they're, the, these, the, the, his sons basically had to take these flocks out to other lands to have them eat for, you know, I, I don't know how long. I would assume like maybe a month or two while the, you let the grass grow back where you were living, you know. This kid wasn't traveling 10 miles. He was traveling like 50 miles. I, th- I think it was, I calculated it was like 50 miles or something like that or, or 60 right. miles. I yeah. mean, if you think about how how much of uh, animals and stuff they had to deal with. It's not like they had just like, oh, yeah, we got 50 sheep here. You know, no, you're hundreds. talking a lot, a lot of livestock and stuff that they had to deal with. And so, yeah, they had to they had to keep traveling to move around this flock and so forth. I love the next the next verse, brother, is, okay. is awesome. You know, and a certain man found him. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. A certain man found him and behold, he was wandering in the field. He is definitely a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I mean oh, no. that that speaks volumes. That happens at work all the time when them young guys are out there. You tell them what, huh? 
you know, they're just wandering around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was doing what he's supposed to be doing, but yeah, I mean, and behold, he was wandering in the field, and the man asked him, saying, "What seekest thou?" You know. So I, I don't know. I just I find this funny. So now, now that you you worded it that way, Mike, <laughs> I'm thinking this old guy's just kind of going for his, you know, like daily stroll or something like that. Sees some kid out here like looking for nothing out in the middle of a field, and all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, kid." What are you doing out here? <laughs> There's no way he's looking at his phone back then. Right? <laughs> he's wandering around looking at a tablet. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I got this one. <laughs> Verse 16. So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, they have departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go down to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Verse 18, And when they saw him from afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. And they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us kill him and cast him into some pit. And is, was there pits, like, all over the place out there or something? Was that, like, a common thing? Was there, like, land made of, like, Swiss cheese? I got two things back to that. It's a good darn thing that didn't have cell phones back then because it's been really dangerous. Second of all, maybe that's how we get rid of more cell phones. Start digging some pits. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the pits came from. Way back in Abraham's time, all the wells. that was their profession. Yeah. They took those holes. And for all the ones that didn't end up being wells, they were just holes. (laughs) (laughs) No miraculous way, like, oh, there's water down here. No, they had to go trial and error. There was no scientific, let's test the water or test the soil. They'll, like, kick the ground. It sounds hollow. Maybe there's water under there. Nope. We got to pick Let's move on. Go back, like, I think four episodes, and we talk all, like, it. It literally says, and he he dug a hole here, and 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 he's like, there's these wells all over the land. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, Uh, verse twenty. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into a pit, and we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of this dreamer. But Reuben heard it. By the way, Reuben is the eldest. Uh, Reuben heard it and delivered him up out of his hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness and do not lay a hand on him that he might, that he might deliver him out of his hands, uh, out of their hands, sorry, and bring him back to his father. So he was secretly trying to say, okay, hey, let's throw him in a pit and let just let him die. And he was secretly going to pull him out of the pit, apparently, and bring him home. Uh, Verse 23, so it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped him of his tunic and the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they, ah, Tom, I think you're (laughs) onto something. (laughs) And they sat down to eat a meal. (laughs) So, So what are they like? Okay, now that that's done, let's go eat dinner. You know what I find interesting about this pit, though, as well? You know how they say it's empty? The other thing that was really prevalent in that area, it was snakes. 
a lot of times there'd be snakes in them pits, you know, and that's they fall the in, they can't get out. It, it's it's amazing the fact that God God happened to have a a pit nearby that was empty, <laughs> no snakes in it, no water. It's just a pit. Sorry, no snakes included. <laughs> and they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balms, myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and count, I'm sorry, um, conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to these Ishmaelites. Let now our hand be upon, let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up, lifted him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Yeah, And, that's and a, they that's an took Joseph to Egypt. Go ahead. Th- that's an interesting study in and of itself. If you ever want to have a nice uh, study on Scripture, how, how Joseph is a, rela- like a direct relation to Christ and things like that. You're talking about like a, a parallel, yeah. A parallel. If you Christ. want to study out the silver, uh, it's just a, a just a quick, you know, that's something really neat to study out. If you ever want to look into those, it's a really neat study. Verse twenty nine. Then Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed Joseph was not in the pit, and he tore his clothes, and he returned to his brother, saying, "The lad is no more, and I, where shall I go?" So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do do you know where it, I'm sorry, where it is lie, your son's tunic or not? Is this, you know, is this your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without a doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth and ashes on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons, all his daughters, arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, So I shall go down into the grave to my son to mourning. This his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. I was going to say there in uh, chapter or in verse 34, uh, you know, it jumps back to then Jacob tore his clothes. So back to where we, we said it in verse three, it started out with now Israel. And I think this is one of the times in the Bible where it's the most jumping back and forth between when a person had their name changed <laughs> and, you know, his name did change, but through scripture, it keeps jumping back and forth between Israel um, to Jacob, um, you know, and back and forth. So, I I do think it's interesting because I believe the Bible doesn't make mistakes, and so if you research out the reasoning behind why he's doing that, why God changed the name back and forth like that, I believe it has a lot to do with what he was doing, and in in which spirit he was doing it in. So it, Jacob is in reference to the um, uh, what was what his name is uh, not deceiver, deceiver. Sur- surplanter, 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 deceiver. deceiver. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and and Israel is a complete different different outlook. Like that's his future, 
but Jacob is his past. And if you think mm. about how God relates the name to the situation, that's another, again, it's, it's a, it, there's so much in these chapters and each word is very important. And that's, yeah. that's another reference that if you really look at that, it's so amazing. Uh, I'm just glad that concept. That's good. I've never heard that. Thank you. Yeah, Mike, like you were saying at the beginning of this chapter in 37, when um, they, they referenced him as Israel, he was actually acting as the head of the family. He was the strong, he was, you know, you know, still f pretty much walking in faith. And at the end, he was, ex you know, completely showing his, his human nature, his grief, his not, not even wanting to be consoled. It was a, a huge, like, mourning and poor me and he wasn't able to govern or lead anyone in that state so he was just back to being jacob just uh, uh, a general farmer and a guy with a, a bad limp right now because he had strayed and this was like uh um where his his seams have started to unravel and you'll see in the, in the next chapters coming how it doesn't really get better until it does can i can i share something with you guys about this this shekels of silver check this out okay in leviticus 27 5 it says and if from, it's talking about servants if you're going to purchase servants okay um so like if you're going to hire people to to work in your farm or or specific servants or from another nation or whatever so like they had a specific way that god said you're going to work with your servants so actually i'll, I'll uh, leviticus uh, 27 4 i'll say this uh i'll start there if it is a female, meaning servant, then your valuation shall be 30 shekels. And if from five years old up, 20 years old, then your valuation for a male shall be, guess what? 20 shekels. I, I want to stop right there. I just find it very interesting that before the law that that God kind of set in place. Now, mind you, these aren't the moral laws. These are just kind of like societal laws that God was trying to get them to, to be a special nation. Yeah. I was just going to say that in, in my commentary, it says here that about the 20 shekels of silver, uh, that in later times, this amount was the value of a male Joseph, Joseph's age. And then the key point in mind says that who had been dedicated to the Lord. So yeah, that's what, that's it, what it was talking about in Leviticus. Yeah. I guess I, adding that in context i guess you think about joseph's all this is, is god's major plan how joseph would have this happen to him and then sold and knowing that 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 value is for someone that has been dedicated to the lord and I, this is god's plan that's right. joseph he's, right. he's dedication to the lord and also could you imagine how short the story would be if his brothers had killed him <laughs> right well, even even with like what happens later, I mean, what what's what happens right after this with Joseph with Joseph going into slavery, what ends up coming out of his slavery? Well, the salvation of Israel like, rise up. Yeah, it's the salvation of Israel, and that's yeah. why that's why I like the relation of which the names and how he he splits the names up because he saves. Think just process this he goes through all he goes through and then he ends up saving Israel, his father. Okay. <laughs> the Messiah is the savior of 
Israel. He saved some of the Egyptians with him. And the Egyptians in this standing are the Gentiles for us. I'm a Gentile. I'm not a Jew. Guess what? Christ didn't just save Israel. He didn't just come to save this people. He came to save all, all people and all nations. And that's the story. Joseph saved the world. So do you guys have any other uh, last words when it comes to just this? And I know this is just barely scratching the surface. We're like in the intro of Joseph's life. And it, it all started when he got sold by his brothers. So does anybody else have any other last last comments about Joseph here? I'm, I'm going to calm down. So, <laughs> <laughs> And Mike's cashing out. <laughs> I don't know, but I just, I really appreciate the, again, how, how one, one single action here of a dream could take him from, you know, walking across the desert, you know, being a shepherd and just being so low to, you know, right hand man to the Pharaoh and seeing God's power to, to move through, um, through a dream, you know, yeah. to put, to put through his people back in power. Through a few dreams, right? I yeah. mean, like through this whole thing, there's like five dreams in it. Yeah. So that's that's awesome, though. Yeah. Great. Well, let's go ahead and uh, finish this out. Um, I'll go ahead and end with a word of prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you'll please bless this message and that you'll bless us and send someone our way, Father, that we can share this with uh, tomorrow morning. We love you so much, Father, and we thank you. We pray for everyone who is listening right now to the podcast, that you'll please uh, use them in a very powerful way, Jesus, and bring them wisdom and understanding. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, this has been Justin. This has been Mike. And Craig. And Joe. And this is Tom. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And I want to say thanks again to Joe and Craig for uh, joining us. Uh, and if you want to listen more to more from Joe, uh, check out uh, Buddy Walk with Jesus, the podcast. Um, it's some some really cool stuff over there. Uh, thanks again for listening, guys. All right, we love you guys. Bye. Well, hello everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing up. You can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, podcast. Podcast? What are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until, Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. Do you think they're still listening?
I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you. <laughs>